Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of EJ Sports Debates. I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Angie. We're going to continue our discussion on the NCAA on whether paying athletes is a good idea, some rants about punishments and people that run the NCAA, as well as a few other things thrown in that relate to the topic. I'm going to kick it over to Jordan. Hey guys, so uh, I'll start off my rant this week, and uh, the second we hung up our, our end of the podcast last week, there's a particular name that me and Eric threw out that I was disappointed in myself I didn't mention, because for all the incompetencies the NCAA has, it really starts at the top with Mr. Mark Emmerich. So I just wanted to kind of throw some stuff at people so they understand. This man makes $3.9 million in annual salary. Uh UConn, where he was a chancellor of, is still dealing with financial mismanagement, the things he did back in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, the guy doesn't understand what consistency and punishment is, which I'll let Eric kind of get into more. So whatever that thing was that Jerry Sandisky happened, the whole scandal there, it happened under his watch, and he is actually tied into it. I'm not blaming him for what happened. It was the most disgusting thing ever. Uh, but Mark, Mark Emmerich, was aware of it more than he ever indicated. Guys, this is somebody that has the FBI on speed dial. Um, he seemingly has corruption at a biblical level, and the FBI is investigating his organization more than even he is. Uh, whether it's the sneaker scandal with Adidas or one of the other th- literally hundreds of scandals. Um, and the other thing that I found interesting was that he actually paid Condoleezza Rice to form a committee to improve the NCAA, and not a single change was made. Guys, if we were all as bad at our jobs as he was at his, we wouldn't have jobs. Yeah, he continues to get raises of like 30%, 60%. I don't know what Mark Emmerich does that's good. Maybe I'm not involved in the back end of it. Maybe he does something amazing. But man, at least Roger Goodell is out there. Mark Emmerich just seems like a stooge that sits on stage and answers questions horribly. So... Um, that's my rant for the week. Mark Emmerich is one of the worst CEO heads of a company that I've ever seen. From lack of consistency to incompetencies and in what he's doing, he's clearly in over his head. And uh, yeah, man, Mark Emmerich is not such a good leader. So either, that, that's my rant for the week, buddy. That was a good one. Um, absolutely agree. Mark Emmerich is uh, not good at running the NCAA. Um, does make good amount of money. I mean, obviously, kind of a devil's advocate here. I mean, these college coaches make more than him, but that's a, another topic. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned you hit the nail on the head with one of the things: his consistency or inconsistency, and in running the NCAA with punishments, the infractions committee, all those investigations. They're so inconsistent, in. Yeah, I guess they're sort of like the prosecutors where they do look at, well, they did self-impose a bull ban. We're not going to play a March Madness this year. Maybe we can lessen the the sentence, for lack of a better term there in this analogy. But I'm going to get into it later on the inconsistency on just how bad it is. And it's just... The NCAA needs to get better. 
Um, that seems to be the theme for 2020. Um, when you're looking at all the qualities and everything, be better. We have to be better. And the NCAA has to as well. That is my rant. Yeah, that, that was uh, perfectly said about getting better, especially involving 2020, because if we could ever take anything out of this nightmare of years, that I think we all need to get better as people, get better at business. <laughs> this should be a year we look back on. I think, man, maybe we should have tried a little harder in the past and we got better from it since. So um, I'll just kind of take us to the next topic. And this is kind of a continue. You want to continue or you want to recap everybody, Eric, as far as what we kind of talked about last week. So we can kind of bleed into this week's topics. Yeah. Just a quick recap after our rants, we uh, discussed whether paying players is a good idea. I think we both sort of thought it was, I know you mentioned the tier system. Uh, Fortunately uh, to our listeners, we were going to have a guest on, but, Last minute uh, thing came up. So unfortunately we do not have a guest this week, our first guest. Um, but I wanted this, my cousin Dave to be on because he texted me about your tier plan that you came up with. And I would have just oh, loved to sit. I would have just loved to have sat back and listened to it, but. Oh, we would have gone at it. <laughs> we would have gone at it at some point. But anyway, I know you mentioned the tier system. I mentioned a few ways, but the whole point of it, Human players too, and we failed to mention how it will be, how it is going to be done. Is it's mainly off image and likeness. The school's not going to pay players. NCAA is not. It's going to allow local businesses and athletes to make money using those images, using their name to promote Jim's Chevy dealer, or come down to the university shop with so and so for autographs. That's the type. I was of, autographs. That's the type of deal we're talking about making money off of. Uh, but so that's what we've talked about and neglected too. I wanted to t- sort of touch on that and add to last week's with that as well. But it leads to really what we're going to be talking about today. It's will it end? Will pain? Will the image likeness rules end these scandals? And what type of scandals were there because of that? And that's what we're going to do. Cool. Um, I'll just jump right in. And, you know, there there are three to five things that rule the world, Eric. And I'm a believer in this. And one of them is obviously money. Um, sex is one of them. Ooh, he said the word. And drugs is another one. And power. And rock and roll and, and tears for fears. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And um, wow, well played, sir. And uh, yeah, man, I don't think it would ever end it. You know, clearly we look at things like Louisville, where they're well, they weren't as money based as much as they were with the sex based. You know, that's what the that's what cost Rick Pitino his legendary career was the fact that there was the entire sex scandal up there. Um, so no, I don't think it'll end it. It would just change it. At the end of the day, you know, power corrupts and corruption is power or something, whatever that quote is. Point is, is it would help. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. There you go. Thank you. So that's why you're here, man, to keep my head level. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, no, it would help, obviously. I think, you know, going back to that original quote of trying to protect players from dangerous uh, activities and caught up in that whole thing. I think that would absolutely be a huge part of it. 
So you give a kid a bunch of money, what's the kid going to turn around and do with the money? And that's the one thing I don't think we touched on last week is that, yes, these kids should get this money and stuff like that. And I think we both probably agreed on that, that in some form, this should be paid for their services as far as, but then it kind of scares me to think what would happen if you gave you and I 19, 20 year old ourselves, thousands of dollars in cash. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at on that. It's just, there would have to be so many protections in place to guard these kids. Cause if you've never seen the 30 for 30 on broke, um, you know, you've got these guys that made hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars in their career. And before they were eligible for their respective hall of fames, they had no money at all. And uh, I just, that would be my thing is that it, there's gotta be protections in place for these kids, man. Right, I don't know what it's going to be. I touched on that last week. I mean, I think you, I think it should be, they should have access to only X amount, but the rest of it goes into an account until they turn pro or graduate. Something. That Something I think is how you can control it. Absolutely. And then, like I said, then you've got other things though. So now you've got every university offering a kid money. And so now that's on the table. Now the, what else can you offer the kid? If Alabama and Ohio State are offering a kid the same amount of money, because it's based on a tier system or a percentage system, whatever the system is, like he's trying to decide between the two universities, do you really think he's going to go there based off his academics? He may, he should. Um, but that's kind of where I'm going to leave my opinion at on that. Is I just, it would end it in some respects, but I think it would also open the floodgates and other things. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. I mean, the escort scandal um, that Louisville did. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do what uh, the UCF fans did a couple years ago because they went undefeated, Mich- University of Michigan, 2013 national champions, uh, because they were runners up to the to Louisville that year. Whatever um, you say, little buddy. Exactly makes you feel better. Um, but uh, no, I'll joking aside with that. Um, yeah, I mean that that has cost some coaches their job. You mentioned Rick Pitino, Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Um, there are some other issues there, obviously, but the nail in the coffin for him was using the work cell for the escort service, which is hilarious in its own right, but... So stupid. But exactly. It's, it's hilarious because it's stupid how he did it. Uh, but, yeah, that's the type of stuff that happens in college and Tennessee got busted for the host scandal as well years ago and yeah i mean you're trying to lure a 18 year old kid to a your university yeah i mean the phrase uh i mean there's this whole sex sells thing but you know what <laughs> yeah you i know. mean they would have swayed me i mean <laughs> honestly like i mean you know i mean, <laughs> I yeah. mean let's think, let's be real you know you're an 18 19 year old male what are you thinking about in college? And I promise you, it's not classes. You know, it's it's about the sex aspect and it's about your hormones raging at their peak. And yeah, dude, I mean, and I don't blame these kids at all. No. Not one bit. No, I mean, the system is it's a broken system that needs to be fixed and again, be better. So let's uh, let's go into what some of these uh, NCAA rules have caused these just caused damage to these schools for. All right. I'll start with my friend, Nevin Shapiro. 
And I think yeah. I briefly touched on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My friend. Not, not exactly. Um, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it because it's a relatively recent scandal. I think we all have a pretty decent understanding about it. Uh, but just to kind of quickly recap, you know, what he did. Um, he's a convicted villain, and he was a mastermind of a $930 million Ponzi scheme. Um, you know, and while he was doing this, he was a booster for the University of Miami, the U, and he was a booster. I'm using quotation marks over here. And he allegedly spent $2 million. And if you think that's the number, you're insane. Because $2 million would have bought you like three players at the U. Um, he had strong ties with former coach Frank Haith. And yeah, I mean, he was part of a pay-for-play scheme. And if you were a major athletic player for, sport, for basketball, or football primarily, but much lesser to basketball, I can't really name anybody major basketball-wise that's come out of the University of Miami, but um, I mean, just everybody, Vince Wilfork to the late Sean Taylor. God, he was a good ball player. Uh, Willis McGee, all of these guys that went to the U in that 2000 range, um, you know, he was there and he paid for them. And, you know, he was convicted and was in jail. And he did an interview with Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, which apparently went on for over 100 hours, which I find crazy. I don't want to spend 100 hours with you, Eric, let alone anybody else that I don't know. Um, no offense. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, and he felt like the players turned their back on him. He felt like he took care of them at a time when they needed it, and the second they went pro, they forgot he existed. Um, and he exposed the whole thing. And the, I think the joke of it, and I'll let you kind of cover this more because this is more your thing, but the terminology self-imposed penalty is a joke. And the fact that the University of Miami had this whole scandal rock them, and they decided that they were just going to suspend eight players and then give themselves a one-year bowl ban was a complete joke. They got caught. This guy exposed them. Now, were they the only school doing it? Absolutely not. If you're an FSU fan and you're pointing fingers and laughing at Miami, I promise you it was happening up there just as much. Um, but anyway, so the NCAA did a long investigation, which is one thing I remember we were going to college. Um, that was one thing we commented about was like, man, what's taking so long to come out with you? You know, that investigation lasted forever. And they lost some scholarships. Frank Hayes was suspended, but nobody was actually fired. The Houston Astros got named for what they got named for, which is actually cheating in the game. And immediately people lost their jobs. Hall of Fame ball player. Never going to probably get in the Hall of Fame, Carlos Beltran. But nobody at the University of Miami lost their job. And I just find that to be a joke from the University of Miami to I, I enjoy every year of success they don't have because of it. Um, and I think the NCAA was a joke, too, for their penalty and their investigation. So, um, but so that's where I'm at with Nemeth Shapiro, man. It was such a disaster. And it just, it's happening in every school. Every single school has a Nevin Shapiro. But not every single school is having a Nevin Shapiro do an interview with Yahoo Sports that lasts 100 hours, exposing everything. And credibility, you can, you can say he's not credible or not. The dude's a crook, and he knows what shady things look like. So that's what I'm going to leave off, man. The Nevin Shapiro scandal was ridiculous. It should have never happened. There was zero protection of players from nefarious things. 
Absolutely. I mean, I do remember when the scandal broke. Uh, it was 2010 it came out. Um, and when it came out, I mean, everyone thought, hey, this is, yep, that's not surprising. And then it got worse. <laughs> it got worse. I mean, you're all of a sudden it comes out that he was paying for prostitutes for these players. He was, drugs were involved. Abortions were involved. I mean, and that's the stuff that came out that he did to protect the players. And he goes, uh, goes into it and just starts to come out and it's like, Hey, I'll take care of it. It's all taken care of. And then it's then these players go pro like Vince Wilfork, he said, Ed Reed and those types of players come out and go, all right, we've made our money now. First round draft picks. I'm going to, yeah, thank you for your help, but I'm not repaying you. And guess, uh, I mean, he sort of, uh, got a little, got a little pissed off and, as you said with Charles Robinson did that 100 minute 100 minute interview or 100 hour interview and just go and detailed as details can get he comes in and says yeah this is when it started in 2002 so think about those types of teams and then go into all the way to 2010 an eight year scandal and they, and I'll jump into this one as well because it sort of segues a little bit. I picked the Reggie Bush scandal because of how stupid the NCAA was for it. And this also involved OJ Mayo, the basketball player from uh, from USC, and their women's tennis team to an extent. But in 2006, after Reggie Bush got drafted getting ready for his rookie year he comes uh comes in and comes into new orleans has a pretty solid year but allegations are coming out that his fam that an agent and him and his family were involved with impermissible benefits and his family accepted gifts and money and hundreds of thousands of dollars it took four years for that investigation to happen and of course, Reggie Bush denied it, which everyone does. Like, no, we didn't do it. And then it comes out, which makes it worse. I honestly say, just say you did it, get that over with, because then the investigations don't last as long and you might get a lesser sentence. But it forced USC to vacate their final two wins of 2004, all of 2005. Pete Carroll is, again, I touched on this in our 30 for 30 episode, when Meyer left uh, SMU, Pete Carroll jumped ship for Seattle. Well, every, like I said, everyone who knows an investigation is going on and the head coach leaves all of a sudden, you know the sanctions are coming then. And that's what happened. They were banned for two years from Bulls from 2010 to 11 and 30 scholarships over three years. And Reggie Bush then returned the Heisman that he won that year. And 
the and people are calling that Vince Young, quarterback from Texas, should should get it. But I mean, let's be real. Reggie Bush's 2005 year was ridiculous. He deserved that Heisman. So to this day, because of that scandal, it is the only Heisman that has ever been vacated, and there was no winner. And I, uh, Eric, I'll kind of throw it back to like one of our first episodes when we're talking about the scandal, buddy. You can't unsee what you saw. No, Reggie Bush, best player in college that year, dude. Like he, he was ridiculous. Um, and you know to kind of touch on, yeah, Pete Carroll got the hell out of Dodge. Now that was a good business decision for Pete Carroll. He had a Super Bowl. He had to play with a guy named Russell Wilson out of that deal. So almost, he almost had two Super Bowls. Yeah, well, you know, he was just one hand off away from that. Yep. <laughs> to a guy that played at UCLA, no less. Um, but, you know, he – or was it Cal? It was Cal. I don't know why I'm thinking UCLA. Yeah, it was, it was Cal. It was Cal. It, it was Cal. It was Cal. Anyway, so he got the hell out of Dodge, and I don't blame him because that's what the NCAA allows. That's what they allow. Like – they they allow you to circumvent the system, and then if you get out before the punishments come down, so be it. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. I mean, and they like I said, they they banned USC from for bowl games for two years. I don't get, I don't know what a bowl ban does for current players, like for something that these kids were in middle school or high school in. They had nothing. What do are the, what do those kids do? Yeah, yeah what do those kids do to deserve Reggie? Bush? That hurts them <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, I agree. It, it That's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, you're trying to get back at someone. So instead of just directly getting back at them, you just spite everybody. And that's, so the NCAA what, was, yeah, that's, that's what everybody said about that punishment. Everyone thought for just Reggie Bush doing that, it was too harsh. And that's what's going to lead me into my rant at the beginning. It's next one. Inconsistencies. And in their punishment, because you met you touched on the Nevin Shapiro scandal. The U only lost absolutely nine scholarships over three years and no ban. Yeah, they insulted their own bowl ban for one year. (laughs) Yeah, way worse than what Reggie Bush did. And Not, that, it wasn't just one player. It was right. like the entire all-star team. Right. And that was their punishment from the NCAA. And Reggie Bush's family gets money from an agent, which, again, it does take the eligibility out of it. But still, I mean, that's one player. I mean, yeah, it screwed a whole team. But is that really worse than a booster convicted of a near $1 billion Ponzi scheme, paying for drugs, hookers, abortions, paying players. Is it? Hell no. That sounds like an awful lot of lack of institutional control, if you ask me, Eric. Exactly. And that's what, that's the big thing. If That's the one that, if you hear... <laughs> If you hear an investigation, the words lack of institutional control, that's where you know the punishment's going to be harsh. <laughs> Those words. It used to. And exactly. It used to put fear in the heart of people. Exactly. I mean, these investigations are still going on. Baylor 
why hasn't that been resolved? That massive assault, sexual assault case on the football team? How? There were convictions already. Why is the NCAA dragging their feet on this? I'll throw another one at you. Duke lacrosse on the opposite side. They swung the hammer hard on those guys. That's a, yeah, and that's a whole nother one. I mean, yeah, yeah. But the point is, though, is that, so it goes back to your point of lack of consistency. We're going to swing the hammer hard on certain things. And then they were wrong. But then at the same time, it's like, but we're not going to swing the hammer enough like when we should. Like, I'm not asking you to tell me, I'm not asking you to tell me, you know, is this fair or not? I'm just asking you to be consistent. Right. That's exactly right. And certain, I think you should, I actually may think a a punishment tier system (laughs) should work out. Um, Yeah, Dave, we can, we can debate that too. But uh, (laughs) I think it depends on what it is. And I mean, there, I mean, minor, minor violations get reported all the time because there's so many rules. It happens, but the major stuff, yeah, I mean, the inconsistencies, like I said, Baylor still didn't, they're still doing their thing. I mean, honestly, if they get vacate wins, you're looking three, you're looking at five years of vacation, vacated wins at that point. <laughs> um, Art Bryles will never coach again. Uh, but I think rightfully so. Right. I mean, and because he, the players, it was the Wild West on that Baylor team, apparently. And it leads me to our final topic. Something the NCAA said they'll never do again. The death penalty. It's only happened five times across Mm. all three divisions since the NCAA started in 1906. And Kentucky basketball was the very first one for impermissible benefits in 1952 and 53 and some point shaving. So yeah, that one's deservedly. That deserves minor, to happen. Minor point shaving. Yeah, that, Tim Don- it wasn't quite Tim Donaghy, but it was minor. No, I mean, it got, I mean that involved CCNY, um, basketball power in the 50s, and they got busted on that. Um, it was a pretty big scandal, and Kentucky basketball got the death penalty for that. It was the very first time that happened. The death penalty, for those that don't know, is at least a one-year program ban. The next time that happened was nearly 20 years later when Southwestern Louisiana, over 125 violations, players were given credit cards, borrowed cars from coaches, faculty, academic fraud, <laughs> where a coach tra- altered uh, recruits transcripts. You almost like make it sound fun. Right. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I, I mean, sir, I'm, just saying, I'm laughing because certain things do deserve the death penalty. And I think those are pretty major things that deserve it. And obviously the most famous one, as everyone knows, was uh, SMU, Southern oh. Methodist University. And again, that was get caught, do it again, get caught, do it again. Massive repeated violations, completely ignoring the rules. And yeah, they deserved it. But you can argue that program never really recovered fully. Um, no, I don't, think you, can, I don't think you can argue that. That's a fact. Or 30 years later. And yeah, you can't argue that. that they, they were 
they were a powerhouse back in those days. Yeah. You know, they were Ohio State, you know, Alabama of the current times. That they yep. were, it was SMU. Yeah, and and they lost an entire season in 1987. They had they were not allowed to play games at home in 1988. They were on probation until 1990. They lost 55 scholarships over four years, and they couldn't have recruits until. August 1988, no paid visits until that school year. They they dropped the hammer on them majorly, and yes, they deserved that. Come on, I mean they, it was so blatant what they were doing, but every, oh, yeah. every but every school did it. They just got caught the most and repeated violations. I think they probably give the middle finger to the whole process more than any other school, though. Right. The one thing SNU did, I think, more than anybody else, was that Texas and some of the other schools were doing it. But it was kind of like the kid putting his hand on the hot stove. No, no, don't do it. They may get burned once or twice, but SMU was like putting their face on the burner. Exactly. And yeah, and there were a couple, and there's the only other two times it happened were fairly recently in this century. A private, historically black college in uh, Atlanta, Morehouse College, their soccer team, got busted for having two former pro players on their team. In 2003, two year, two year death sentence, 2005 and 2000 or 2004 and 2005. Luckily, it's soccer and they don't make any money off soccer. And the program, but before that happened, they just ended the program. You I mean, you're not going to bounce back from a two year death penalty. And then, uh, and then in D3, I mean, I know I mentioned it last week. D3 really doesn't have many issues. And I mean, this is just case it happens everywhere. This was similar to SMU where the father of the former tennis coach, Neil Hart at McMurray college established a fund for, from 2000, 2004 paid $162,000 to 10 players. And the tennis coach called the rules a joke. That doesn't help your cause. It's almost like the NCAA doesn't like being told the rules are stupid, even though the rules are stupid, Eric. Exactly. The rules are stupid. But again, just because they're stupid, you still have to follow them. Yeah, they're the but, rules. <laughs> exactly. But I do want to, but you mentioned, but every major, major scandal that comes up is brings a question. And you pick the one that most people want this for, the Shapiro scandal. Should the NCAA bring back the death penalty? And do you think my, the U deserved it? Um, yes, you deserve it. I'll answer the second part of that. Uh, I think over multiple coaches, it, to tell you that the systematic level of cheating, this is over a 10 year period. Um, it's not like this is a one year thing. Like even Reggie Bush, that was Reggie Bush. I'm sure it was other players on the team, but from what we know, it was just one guy. I, I just, I can't really help but go back to that. So one guy, fine. Punish the team if you want to. I think it's stupid to hurt other players for something Reggie Bush did. But I guess that's the only way they can do it. I don't have a better resolution. Providing illegal benefits of sex, drugs, abortions. Wow. I mean, yeah, they 100% deserved it. And again, this has no, I have no bearing as far as Miami. I'm not a fan of a rival school or anything like that. I'm just an an honest, semi-intelligent 
when it comes to sports fan, and they completely deserved it. Um, my thing with the death penalty is when it's at that level, when it's a proven systematic level of cheating, then yes, a school should get the death penalty. You know, and I'm not saying after like the first violation, like SMU just giving the middle finger to the NCAA multiple, multiple, multiple times. At some point, you know, I use this analogy all the time in life, but if you get a puppy and it pees on your carpet, you're going to train your carpet. But at some point, after whatever period it is, if the puppy keeps peeing on your carpet, you got to either accept the fact that that puppy is going to always piss on the carpet, or you got to do something about the puppy and find a new home for it, or don't get mad about it. And with Miami, they pissed on the NCAA's carpet a lot. And whether they thought the rules were fair or not, there is no way I would ever condone a player being provided drugs and abortions and think there's any rule that should be provided that should accept that. So for all the grief I give the NCAA, the things that Miami did, I think were so completely egregious and so stepped outside the boundaries of just even something semi-reasonable, like paying a kid to use his face in a video game that's going to generate hundreds of millions of dollars or letting a kid sign some football so he can afford to buy food this week. That's different than providing, you know, mounds of cocaine and abortions for players. So, yeah, um, Miami deserved it, and I do think they should use it. I just think there needs to be, I just hate to keep saying this word, consistent guidelines. You know, I mean, set some clear check marks. Hey, if you check any of these boxes, you're on our radar. You check another box, dude, now you're really in a lot of trouble. You check the third box, it's done. And for a sport like football, I think it would have killed the University of Miami because no offense to their basketball program, which is actually developed to be a pretty good basketball program, that would have killed their athletic program. Killed yeah. it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, and that, I'm glad you brought that one up too. And SMU didn't really have, I mean, their athletic programs, I mean, fairly decent basketball a couple of years ago had a couple appearances in the tournament and they got busted too for recruiting. Larry Brown, baby. Larry Brown. Yep. Sensitive pattern with SMU here. But uh, yeah, it's a, I think I actually agree with that. I think they look at certain schools and say, hmm, this there are one of our most storied schools. Um, yeah, I think this is fair. Oh, uh, Rutgers, you, you kind of suck. You get a little harsher punishment. We don't care about you. I think that's how they approach it, honestly. I don't... <laughs> or they might put a blindfold on Emmert and throw a dart at a punishment wheel or something. I mean, what... That's how inconsistent the NCAA is. As I mentioned, you had those, you had those weird things of, you had those weird punishments of, hey, you get a re- Reggie Bush volunteers to, to return as Heisman, or we're going to vacate wins. Miami, you messed up majorly, but you're not going to 
bring up, uh, but you're not going to get a bull ban. You're not going to really vacate wins because it might affect your athletic department's bottom line. Really? Eric, I think the phrase you just said there is kind of where I'm going to leave my thoughts at is the bottom line. And it goes back to the very first thing I said at part one of this, which is the NCAA is supposed to be something that protects amateurism and college athletics. But it's not that. It projects the bottom line, which, again, I don't blame them. They have a bottom line. But don't pretend like you're all about amateurism and college and rah, 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 good guy stuff when it's about a bottom line and you know, it's just, it's, it's not fair to a school like Rutgers who doesn't generate as much. So they get a stiffer penalty. And I agree with you 100,000. I know there's EJ sports debates. This is going to be EJ agrees because it's not fair for a school like Rutgers who doesn't have the storied program of generating money in the pocket of Mark Emery and NCAA for them to be like, eh, whatever. But, hey, Baylor, <laughs> we know you guys are a big Texas school and you guys keep us floating. You're a pillar of the, the Big 12. You know, we're going to keep you going. Hey, Miami, you guys carried college football with FSU and your rivalry for 15 years. Um, it's just – it's not – it's it, is it about a bottom line or is it about amateurism and college athletics? And the penalties reflect that. And I think that's where I'm going to leave my thoughts at is – they're not looking at college. They're not looking at amateurism. Mark Emmerich, whether he's being told to or not by the people that employ him, um, you know, he's protecting the best for the NCAA. And I don't blame him. You know, Roger Goodell protects the shield. Mark Emmerich needs to protect the NCAA. But it doesn't make it right. And it doesn't mean that shame shouldn't happen. And it, it should. So that, that's where I'm going to leave my thoughts on NCAA for the week. It's a joke. <sighs> yeah, uh, the NCAA, I mean, that's the bottom line and sums up our second part of uh, this, this two-part NCAA series of what is the NCAA for and their inconsistencies in, in their punishments to how we believe the system should work to... I think not listen to schools as much just because they self-impose a one-year postseason ban in basketball, football, whatever sport you're in doesn't mean they should always get a lesser sentence. I mean, it's a basically a plea deal with the NCAA at that point, but if the punishment, yeah, I mean, LSU just last night announced, Hey, we're going to do a postseason ban for next year because after the title game, Odell Beckham's handing out money, I think mostly to the seniors who are never going to play it down, and Joe Burrow. Guess what? Yeah, he was definitely giving that to Burrow. And guess, guess what, NCAA? The second that national title game ended, Joe Burrow, he was not a student athlete anymore. <laughs> His career ended. He was Joe Burrow, Inc., just same thing with Justin Jefferson, 
and every one of those guys, the second they walked off that field, it was not about Joe Burrow, quarterback of LSU. It was Joe Burrow. Going in the draft. Yeah, it was Joe Burrow, future number one overall draft pick. And I don't bl- and the thing is, I don't blame any of these people for feeling that way. They should. No. Yeah. And but that's <laughs> I mean, the thing. I mean, you're not you know, once your athletic career is over, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're still a student. I mean, you're not a student athlete anymore. You can take some money, and that's what Beckham did. He gave him a little money after their careers ended. I laughed when I saw that and knew the NCAA would act on it, and they did. But, yeah, I mean, so self-imposed ban for that, fine. Do it. Get the NCAA off your back. As far as the rest of the scandals we discussed, you should never listen to a self-imposed ban. And that ends the NCAA debate. We appreciate everyone for listening. And join us next week for another fun, uh, fun topic on EJ Sports Debates. Bye, guys.